Lord, your Holy Spirit is here right now, Father. We take it in, Jesus. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Break us, God. Make us what you would have us to be. You are the rock, Christ Jesus. Lord, you are who we break ourselves upon, God. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. We lose ourselves in you, God. We lose our will, Jesus, that we might accomplish your will today, God. In Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord. Amen. Could we clap our hands to the Lord together? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you for your worship. Amen. Your sincere worship before the Lord. And true worship is whenever we make it about Him. Amen. The focus isn't upon us. It's upon Him. That's why we are here right now is to worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Bible says that no flesh will ever glory in His presence. Amen. I'd rather have His presence than the glory of flesh any day. Amen. I'm thankful that I'm a part of a church, a part of a body that knows how to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. From the depths of our heart, Lord, we worship you and we praise you, Lord. We make it about you, Father. We always make it about you, Lord. Everything we do, God, at our church is about you, about you alone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Accept that praise and that worship, Lord. Accept that praise and worship, I pray. We thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. If you'll turn with me to Judges chapter 14 and verse number 5. Judges chapter 14 and verse number 5. And while you're turning there, I want to thank God for our wonderful uh, district that we have in Illinois. Amen. We were at district conference Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday through Friday, or Wednesday through Thursday, we were at family camp. And we are truly blessed to have what we have in Illinois. Amen. I don't know. There's the campground on Thursday night, and I would even even a greater crowd on Friday. It was pretty well packed out on a Friday, on a Thursday night and Friday night. And people were coming back to the old campground. Attendance is up for uh, the campground for the, the children. Uh, it, it maintained, a, I think it was a record last year, or close to a, a record last year, and then they maintained that this year. And then just all the people that gather together. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're able to go to family camp, uh, to do so. It will be a great blessing to you. You can bring your camper. Uh, you can bring a trailer. You can bring a tent if you want, like we used to uh, when we were kids. I didn't see any tents, though, anymore. Uh, so if you do, you might be the only one out there with a tent. Uh, I've got a tent if you want to borrow it. Uh, it's got a few holes in it, but if it doesn't rain, I think you'll be fine. But it is a great time. Uh, I really thank the Lord. And they've uh, fixed up the, in fact, Brother Russell from Collinsville has been uh, the champion behind a lot of the work that's been done there. They have the do boys' dorm finished and the girls on the first floor, and they're working on the second floor now, uh, raising funds for it. And it is a it is a wonderful, wonderful place to go. And I, I just thank God. I'm thankful for our leadership. We've got great leadership in our district. Uh, the evangelist was he was he was pretty good. Uh, Brother Jones was there. Uh, he was awesome. He was great. Every message he preached was just a, a word from the Lord. And in fact, I received a word from the Lord on Tuesday uh, through that message. I feel like the Lord just gave me uh, just a, just a an anointed word for the moment. And I, I am so grateful to him uh, for his word. I, I think that we need to uh, celebrate uh, the Bible, amen, God's holy uh, script, and, uh, and let him know that we are so thankful uh, for the words that come forth. It is, a, it is timely. Uh, it is up to date. It's not outdated where we're preaching about things that don't apply today. But with the Holy Ghost moving and the word being preached, it is so relevant for today. And in fact, whatever problems you may have in your life right now, the word can fix that. And the word is timely and it can help you. It can encourage you in your very moment of need. I mean, right now, if you have a, a need in your life, a timely word from the, from the word of God can, can get you back on track and it, it can help you in, in so many ways. And I, I just thank God for his word. Thank God for uh, his blessings. I thank God for this church. God has been so good to our church and blessed us abundantly. And we have a lot to celebrate, a lot to be thankful for. And uh, I just want to give him praise for that today. Uh, Judges chapter 14 and verse number five. 
The word of God says, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath, and came to the vineyards of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion." I preached a message, uh, Honey Along the Way, a, a number of years ago, and that's not the message I'm preaching today, but I did uh, reference this scripture in that message. But I want to go into a, an entirely different direction that I feel that the Holy Ghost is wanting us to go into, amen, for where you're at right now, whatever your timely need is, I believe the word of the Lord can minister to you if you allow it. If you open up your heart, if you open up your mind, and you open up your spirit to the, to the word of the Lord, I'm here to tell you God will minister his word to you today. Do you believe that? Praise God. Amen. The word that I want to speak today, sweet blessings from bitter trials. Amen. Sweet blessings from bitter trials. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the worship, Lord, that's already gone forth in this house today, God. We know that you have accepted that. And Lord, it means everything to you, Jesus. And Lord, we want to continue to give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would clap your hands one time before the Lord. <laughs> praise God. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Summer reminds us of violent storms that show up rather abruptly. Uh, we've had our share here in Highland, and it seems like along the, the I-70 uh, corridor, uh, there's, there's just a, uh, an attraction to storms, and it seems like it goes from west to east, and many times it will touch Highland or be maybe a little uh, north of Highland, but they come so suddenly. It can be a, a pleasant morning and the birds are chirping and the nice summer breeze is blowing and then all of a sudden uh, you can be in the midst of a, of a, of a, of a, a tremendous storm. I've, uh, I look at the story in the Word of God and it describes a, a time that Samson just going along and really minding his own business and uh, certain times that uh, he's walking with the Lord and there's been things that would shake him and that would happen in the midst of his path that he was on. And so I, it reminds me of trials sometimes that uh, we can all be experiencing and we can be going through some things and, and life can just be happening and we're just going down the road, uh, everything fine and dandy, and then there's a trial that seems to come our way suddenly. And we don't know where it came from. We don't understand it. We try to look at it and analyze it, uh, but we really can't get a, an understanding of where it came from or what it's trying uh, to do to us. So here's Samson in a vineyard. Uh, he is picking some grapes and eating them, and, and he's just minding his own business. But uh, the Bible says that Samson was with his mom and with his dad. And, uh, but we, we read a little bit further, and we understand that the mom and dad was with Samson. Uh, he was the one that kind of uh, let them come with him. It wasn't him uh, following after them, but they were following after him. And so somehow on the trip, he got off on his own. Uh, he was just kind of doing his own little uh, thing, and he was attacked, the Bible says, by a lion. And so the lion isn't something that you want to face uh, alone. You don't want to be by yourself on a path. I think uh, we would have nightmares like that. Wake up in the middle of the night, and, and here's a, a lion just chasing us on a, on a dark path. But this was daylight, and that's bad enough. But, but he's just out of nowhere. He finds himself uh, being attacked by this lion as he's making his, his path through life. Uh, 
uh, uh, even Jesus found this. Sometimes whenever you're, you're all by yourself, uh, you find yourself in the midst of a, of a trial. You find yourself in the midst of a storm, and you're, you're all alone. You, you're kind of wondering where everybody was at, or, or how did it come about that I am all by myself right now? But Jesus found himself in the desert, and, and he's fasting and, and just having a fellowship. His, the man Christ Jesus uh, is in perfect fellowship with the Father, and they're, they're praying, and they're talk, he's praying and talking uh, uh, and just crying out as humanity is crying out uh, to the Lord. But all of a sudden, he finds himself in the midst of a temptation or the midst of a, a trial. And the Bible says uh, that the devil began to tempt him and began to assault him and make accusations uh, against him. Uh, so Jesus found it true that he was all by himself. He had nobody by his side, but yet he was in the midst of the trial of his life. Uh, I read a little bit uh, uh, prior to that, David in his writings, uh, uh, it talks about describing a time that, that he alone had to face his enemy. He was all by himself uh, and felt like nobody was around. And in Psalm chapter 31 and verse 11 and 12, uh, he speaks of being attacked by the enemy and being abandoned by those that were the most closest uh, to him. Uh, listen to these words. He said, I was a reproach uh, among all mine enemies, but especially uh, among my neighbors and a fear to mine acquaintance. Uh, uh, they that did see me without fled from me. Uh, I am a forgotten. Uh, uh, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. Uh, I am like a broken vessel. He felt like nobody was around. And at the end of the scripture, he describes himself. I think the way we describe ourselves or feel sometimes uh, as being a broken vessel. We know we're a vessel of the Lord, uh, but we feel broken. Uh, we feel maybe unkept. Uh, we feel like maybe things aren't being, uh, uh, we're not able to contain uh, the things like we used to be able to contain them, uh, or we're not as useful as we used to be useful before the Lord. Uh, and so there are times that it seems like uh, our friends, uh, or maybe they do forsake us. Uh, there might be times that we feel like uh, our family abandons you. Uh, on top of it, you feel the vicious uh, attacks of the enemy. Uh, and on top of that, you feel like you're all alone and you're by yourself. But it's the times that we feel forsaken. Uh, it's not the times that maybe necessarily uh, that our friends uh, forsake us. Uh, it's not that our family is uh, abandoning us uh, and going away from where we're at or the problem uh, that we're going through. Uh, but it's almost like the Lord is orchestrating something. Uh, he wants us to go through that battle uh, all by ourselves. Uh, he wants us to understand uh, that we cannot depend on other people. We can't depend upon our, our families. Uh, we can't depend upon our our best friend. Uh, we can't just call them and say, well, get me out of this rut that I'm in. Uh, it's not a rut. Uh, this is the hand of the Lord. Uh, this is the path of God uh, that you are on, and God has a plan for your life, uh, and he wants you to be by yourself. But on top of that, if that's not bad enough, it's not only that you don't feel like you've got your family or your friends uh, around you, uh, it's as though God's not around you. Uh, it's as though you're walking the path all by yourself. Uh, it's almost like, uh, God, where are you in my most uh, uh, ter uh, terrible need that I'm going through right now? Uh, I can't find you. Lord, I can't see you. God, I can't even feel you right now. But I want you to know that you are not alone. Uh, you are not by yourself. Uh, God has not left you. God has not forsaken you, uh, but he's been there the whole time. See, this is the, the issue here. And I want to tell you a little story about a man, a king named Jehoash. He was a king of Israel. And the Bible says that, that uh, in 2 Kings chapter 12, that he did right in the sight of the Lord all the days. And Jehoiada, the priest, was instructing him. In other words, he was, everything was fine. As long as he had Jehoiada by his side, the high priest, as long as he had his security blanket, as long as he had somebody telling him what to do, as long as he knew that he had some uh, protection, if you will, and everything, the, the barriers of protection were around him. Uh, and if he had a bad day, he could just go right, right to the high priest and say, what should I do? But the Bible lets us know that Jehoiash had faith uh, that whenever he was working with others or, or he was able to depend upon other people, the Bible says that he had faith uh, or he was able to be a, a good king. Uh, he was able to have faith in their faith. Uh, amen. 
and in their God, their, their relationship with God. So his faith was not necessarily in God himself, uh, but his relationship uh, was in the faith or his uh, confidence uh, was in the faith that he had in their faith uh, or their relationship with God. And so God doesn't want us to live by the faith uh, of other people. Can I get an amen? God does not want us to live for him according to the faithfulness of the people that were around in the church. God does not want us to blend in and kind of ride their coattails. God does not want us to, to be comfortable and secure in the relationship or the corporate worship or the prayers or the spirituality of the church in general. God wants us to get it for ourselves. God wants us to go through the, to, through the, the difficult times and not go through the motions. Uh, he wants us to get something in the midst uh, of our trial. Can I say, can I get an amen? Now, one of the ways that he does this is to give us trials, which we must go through alone so that our faith can grow in him. Because without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please him. So if you're trying to walk for God and you're, you don't have a, a lot of faith and maybe you have an honest moment, you're praying, you're like, God, I, I just I don't have faith right now. My, my faith is wavering. You know what? We can't please him. The only way we can please him is as a little boy dependent upon his daddy. It's like a, a little girl saying, Mommy, I depend on you. I put my trust in you. I put my confidence in you. Uh, and that mom and dad, they say, well, you can do that because you have faith in me, and I'm going to come through, uh, and I'm going to be there for you. Uh, God wants us to have the same relationship uh, with as that but that boy or that girl and their parents, uh, amen, the same type of relationship, uh, the same type of faith. Uh, they, God wants to say, you know what? You depend upon me, and I'm going to come through for you. Amen. So that's what God is looking for. We don't believe uh, just because someone else believes. Uh, we don't believe in the, the word of God or the, our convictions that Brother DeLong was uh, uh, talking about early just because somebody else uh, has a conviction. Uh, no, I've got a relationship with God myself. Uh, I've got a conviction. Uh, I've got a trust in him uh, that with, if nobody else lives for God, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, as for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, you can worship. You can sit there. Uh, like a bump on a log. Uh, but I'll tell you this, uh, God is alive and well. Uh, God is there for us. Uh, we can depend upon him. Uh, amen. Whether you worship or not, uh, I'm going to give God my praise uh, and my glory. Uh, I'm going to muster up some things uh, down in my soul uh, where I don't care about anybody else around me. Uh, I'm going to live for God. Uh, I'm not being political. Uh, I'm not trying to get a position. Uh, I just want to worship my God uh, in spirit uh, and in truth. Uh, I want the anointing uh, and the power uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, to flow through me. Uh, I don't want the spirit of manipulation. Uh, I want the spirit of God uh, to be a part of what we do here at Apostolic Revival Church. Amen. If we think that we can orchestrate things on our own, before we went door knocking yesterday, I, I just felt this burning on my soul. And I just, I, I didn't say a whole lot at all. But I'm getting so tired uh, of trying to do things on my own. Uh, I'm trying, I'm tired of just kind of uh, uh, doing the crank by myself uh, and saying, you know, I'm going to do the very best uh, that I can. Uh, and then I'm just going to sit back and see what God does. Uh, you know what? We need his anointing. Uh, we need the glory of the Lord upon us. Uh, everything that we do for God, uh, we need an anointing about it uh, so it's not empty and we're just not taking empty swings at something uh, but we've got a force uh, we've got a thrust uh, of the spirit uh, that God is moving and working through our lives we've got to have that anointing when the lion began to sneak up upon and attack Samson something wonderful began to happen God's word says the spirit came upon Samson in power and might God was a remedy for a roaring lion. Amen. It was God, not, but the remedy isn't revealed, listen to me, until the lion is roaring. See, God doesn't show himself until you encounter the roaring lion. God didn't show up. Samson didn't feel him. I'll tell you what Samson was doing. He was being, he was being a bad boy. 
He was going into an area where there's women that were Philistines, uh, and he was moving into an area that he ought not to be. That's why he didn't want his mom and dad to know anything about what had happened to him. Now, I don't want to discount everything, my whole message here, by saying that, uh, but Samson was not feeling the presence of the Lord. Uh, the blessings of God were not upon him at that moment. He was not in the arena where he was, he was a, a door knocking or he was trying to tell those Philistines about Jehovah and, and winning them to the Lord. Uh, no, he's being succumbed uh, by a spirit. He was being succumbed by an evil spirit uh, that was enticing him, uh, amen, to be something that he really shouldn't have been. Amen? So he's not in an arena where he's feeling the Lord. But you know what? The, he was so, the Lord was so upon him. And God had such an anointing through the life uh, of Samson. He had such a plan for Samson's life uh, that he said, whenever there's danger that arises, uh, I'm going to show who I really am. Uh, and the Bible says when the lion began to roar, all of a sudden uh, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. I want somebody to know the trial you are going through right now. You might not be feeling the Lord or, or you might not be understanding where he's at. Uh, but before you can have that anointing, uh, before God can come in uh, and deliver you, uh, you've got to have the lion roar in your life. Uh, you've got to have some trials. Uh, you've got to have some situations. Uh, you've got to have some moments uh, that reveal the miraculous hand uh, of God in your life. Amen. Only the trial is what revealed God's greatest work. It wasn't until the trial had happened until God showed himself. See, you can't have a testimony without a test. You can't, you can't say, well, look at what the Lord has done unless you've been through something. You can't tell a story unless there's a story to be told. You can't talk about the delivering hand of God until you're in a, in a point in your life where you need deliverance. Amen? So somebody that has never heard the roaring lion or they've never been through a difficult time, they probably don't have a lot of depth in their faith and to walk with God. Now, I'm not discounting their salvation at all. I'm just saying that their faith has never been tested. They've never gone through a tough time. They've never gone through a time where, where they, don't, they don't feel the presence of God and, and maybe their family and their friends are nowhere to be found, uh, but they do see that roaring lion come after them. Uh, and it's either fish or cut bait. It's either face that thing or run for the woods. Uh, it's either run like a scream like a girl and say, ah, what am I getting myself into? Or you can turn around and say, by the hand of the Lord, uh, I come upon you. Uh, I come against you. Uh, amen. I've got a testimony here of the power and the greatness of my God. See, your difficulty is what will cause the miraculous to take place in your life. It's not going to happen without that trial. See, you know, I, I'm thinking about the disciples on the boat on the water. Okay, they're, they're walking, or they're, they're walking, they're floating uh, uh, on, the, on the, the, the boat, in the boat, storms all around them. And they know this is bad news, this is a bad place to be in. All of a sudden, you know, I used to preach and get excited about this, but it really doesn't excite me anymore. Jesus comes walking on the water. That doesn't excite me a whole lot anymore because that's what he does. Jesus can walk on the water. He's supernatural. He can do anything, Brother Shellhard. There's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing that Jesus cannot do. So him walking on the water doesn't mean a whole lot to me because been there, done that. I know I have faith that he can do that. But what really gets me, Brother Delgado, is that Peter is walking on the water. That's what impresses me. What tells me is that the storm is what caused Peter to to, to act and to walk in a supernatural way. Jesus, no problem at all. Peter, that can be a problem. Peter was a loudmouth. Peter was carnal. Uh, Peter just said things that came to his mind. Uh, but when God got a hold of him, uh, when there was an opportunity to walk on the water, he said, you know what? I'm just going to give it a whirl here. My master does it. He's my master. He's my Lord. Uh, if he can do it, I think I can do it. Uh, so that trial uh, is what bid him to come and walk on the water. It is your trial. It is your difficulty. It's a thing that just causes your heart to sink right now in your chest that is going to become a testimony. And it's not only going to help you, but it's going to help other people as well. Can I get an amen? Praise God. You know, I was thinking about 
our sump pump at our house, we've got a, a backup system that runs on the, the water pressure of our of our uh, of our uh, pipes in our house. And and my worst nightmare, and this has happened a couple times, is to come home to a flooded basement. I'll tell this story to the congregation since she's not here today, but a number of years ago when Sister Kathy had lost her dad, uh, we were out of town for the weekend, and I, I walk into the house, and as I'm walking in, she had called me, and as I'm listening to her saying that her dad just passed away, I open up the, the basement door, and I see this much water in my basement. And, I, I mean, you talk about just wanting to scream out and say, Sister Kathy, sorry about your dad, but i got to take care of this. Now, in my flesh, I wanted to do this. I would never do that. She didn't have a clue of what was happening while I'm on the phone with her. And I'm like, I'm cringing. I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm thinking of all the stuff down there that's underwater and the, uh, just the electronic stuff. And, and just everything within me was just wanting to, you know, just run down there real quick and plug that thing in or get it going again. Uh, but, of course, I couldn't do that. So my worst nightmare was for that to happen again. So what I did is I got a water backup system that even if the power is out, I can still have that sump pump work. Uh, and you know what I don't do every time I, I get home or every night or whenever I'm leaving the house? Uh, I don't go down there and check that thing. I, I don't go down there and look and make sure it's in order and everything is fine. Uh, I don't even worry about it. Uh, you know what's going to turn that thing on? A crisis. You know when I know that I've got it? It's when I move into a crisis mode, when it's needed. Sometimes, you know, Christians walk with God. Well, I can't feel you. I don't know if you're there. I, I'm not sure if you're, you're with me every day. Hey, he's with you every day. Amen. You know, but we, we have to understand that whenever we need him, he's going to be there. When we're desperate and we don't, we don't have a clue of what we're going to do, let me tell you something. Jesus is by your side. You don't have to wonder about it. You don't, have to, you don't have to question. You don't have to check it and see if everything is okay. Uh, but whenever Jesus, uh, amen, when we have a crisis or a problem in our life, uh, we can come to him and say, God, I need you right now. And guess what? God shows up uh, and God shows himself uh, and he reveals his mighty power in our lives. Amen. Now understand the trial that you're going through right now. It's going to, in time, in time, God will reveal himself. God's going to show himself in a great way. The, the, the wonderful times of, of, of growth in my life, the times that I look back to this day, and I, I know that there are some things that took place in the maturity of my life and the, the depth of my faith was the, the crisis time. It were those times that I, I truly didn't know what I was going to do. It, it was those times that I, you know, you just kind of, you're at an end. And you don't have any answers. And, and family and friends. And, and I've got wonderful family. I've got wonderful friends. But my point is this. They can't really help you. There's not a whole lot that they can do for you. There's not a lot of, of, of advice or words that, that they can give you that just seems so cheap with what you're going through. You know, when you go to a funeral and you try to comfort somebody, and they're, they're devastated with a, a loss of a, of a child or a mom or dad or, or a sibling, and you go up to the casket and, you know, and you think, what should I say? You know, are there words that, that match this moment of grief? Uh, no, there's not. There's nothing that you can say to make it any better. Uh, that circumstance you're going through, I want you to know there's nothing that your family and, and your friends can do uh, that will make that thing go away, uh, but only God can do that. Uh, but if you can just maintain your faith uh, and keep having confidence uh, in God. I want you to know that God will come through and he will show up at the right time. But you know what we got to do? We got to stick around for the performance. Amen. We can't get so scared by the roar of the lion that we take off running uh, and here's God wanting to take care of business uh, that we miss out on the performance of God. Uh, we've got to stay there. Uh, we've got to stay the course. Uh, we've got to see it for what it is and say, God, uh, this is terrible and I'm shaking in my boots right now, God, uh, but I've got faith in you and I've got a confidence uh, that you're going to come through and see me through this difficult time. Amen. When you look at the, the scope of Christianity, Christianity is a, is a covenant. It's an ongoing relationship with the Lord. It's a time that in those sweet hour of prayer times that, that we have that intimate and glorious time with the Lord. And those are beautiful. Those are times that we can just, you know, bond with the Lord and you can feel his peace and, and the joy that he can give you. 
And those are the, those times of intimate communion with him. But there are also times that, that we're not really aware of whether or not the Lord is by our side. There's times that his presence is lifted and, and we can't really feel him. So it's times that it doesn't mean that he's not there, but it is a time that you just wake up to the fact that, that boy, I'd really like to have your presence right now or at least feel your presence right now. And so when the lion roars and, and he won't let you, he, uh, the, the Lord's not going to, he's not going to let you down. He's not going to leave you and just say, well, you know, you're going to fend for yourself for a while. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to put you through some uh, terrible things that maybe will wake you up. And, and there are trials that God can put us through and maybe uh, increase our faith. But, but there's never a time that God will put on us any more than what we can bear. There's never going to be a time that God's going to say, well, you know, good luck with that. I, you're, you're on your own on that one, you know, uh, uh, son or daughter. You, you know, I hope it works out for you. He'll never, ever leave us. Uh, he'll, never, he'll never depart with his presence. He'll never uh, uh, cause us to, to, uh, to suffer by ourselves uh, to the point where we can't take it any longer. Uh, but the lion, that lion, when it roars, uh, amen, and it's coming after, after Samson, uh, the Bible says that the Lord showed up and he did not let Samson down. Uh, the lion wanted Samson for lunch, uh, but guess what? He became lunch. Here's that, there's that lion hungry and, and just looking his chops and looking at Samson. And Samson's probably a meaty guy and thinking, boy, I'm going to have me some good dinner tonight. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to drag him back into the cave. Uh, and the little, little uh, uh, children, uh, the cubs, uh, uh, they're just going to have at this man. And we're going to have a feast uh, like we've never had before. Uh, he was looking at Samson as being food. Amen. He was looking at Samson uh, as a treat for him and his family. But guess what? God turned the tables. God turned it around and said, no, he's not lunch, you're lunch. I'm going to turn this trial around, and what you thought was going to devastate you and totally destroy you, guess what? God turned it around and made it for the good. What you thought was just going to be a bitter cup that you have to drink of, God said, nope, I'm going to give you sweetness out of this. You're going to draw some things out of this right now that not only you are you going to scoop up a handful of honey, and you're going to savor that wonderful honey, but you're going to say, hey, Mom and Dad, come over here. Look at the trial I just went through. Uh, amen. And he didn't actually show him where it was at, but he scooped up some and, and gave it to him. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, uh, his trial was a blessing to other people. Praise God. Your trial can either destroy you and not be a blessing to somebody else, uh, or you can use it and say, God, uh, you came through for me. Uh, I've got a testimony. Uh, look at what the Lord has done. Try this. Taste and see uh, that my God is good, uh, and he's on the throne, uh, and he's here to take care of me. Amen. Honey grows in the carcass of yesterday's trial. Amen. Whatever you have going on and it looks like it's bad and it's doom and gloom, guess what? There's sweetness in that thing if you have faith in God. If you can trust in Him, if you can just uh, hold on to what you know is right and what's truthful, you can look back one day and the testimonies right now, I, there's so many in this building right now of testimonies uh, of what you've been through and difficult times uh, that you had, uh, and here you stand up and testify about the greatness of the Lord. Uh, I remember when Brother Bald used to testify just about every Wednesday night, he would talk about the, the car accident that he had, and, and you can imagine as a young man being devastated, not only uh, uh, being injured, but you're ruining a car, a new car that you have. Uh, but you know what? He had a testimony the rest of his life. Uh, it was a honey experience that he was able to say, but look at what the Lord did for me. Uh, it brought me to the Lord. So church, uh, that little cheese shop over there, he would take little dips of honey sometimes. Uh, and on a Wednesday night, we would taste, taste of that. Uh, we would experience his testimony uh, because he stuck around for the performance uh, and the mighty hand of God in his life. We ought to get excited about that right now. We ought to thank God that God can turn things around for his glory. Amen. Jesus, in one of his post- resurrection appearances says to Peter and some of the other disciples that had left the ministry he had gone back they had gone back to fishing and the Lord said this he said children have you any meat he was really asking have you caught any fish do you have anything in your basket 
you have anything that you can share? And, and the, the reply was this, no, we do not. And so it's God's intention that when the world comes knocking at our door, Sister Apthorpe, that we have something to give them. See, the problem is if we don't have a testimony, we don't have a lot to give. You got something for me? They're really asking. They may not ask the question, but they're looking for something. And if we don't have anything to give, guess what? We're not able to be a blessing to them. Yesterday, we were door knocking, and I'm going to tell it really quick. I mean, this story means absolutely nothing, but it does illustrate this right here, what I'm talking about. Just walking, doing a little door knocking like many of you were yesterday. Uh, some good reports, good things were happening, and we were down by the uh, 30th Street Apartments and just walking. My wife and my daughter went one way, and I, I went the other way. see a lady on the steps, up on the top steps, smoking a cigarette. And I saw her at first. I didn't see her, and I got a glimpse of her. I said, hey, how you doing? And gave her a couple flyers. And I noticed that she was just shaking pretty bad. It wasn't just a smoker's uh, 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 shake, but she was, there was something going on with her. And I began to talk to her a little bit. My wife came up and uh, come to find out she's got some nerve damage uh, and she's, she shakes and she's not able to really control it from an injury she had at work. Uh, well, guess what I was able to do? I said, you know what? I said, I, I've got a little nerve uh, uh, issue going on in my life. I, I said, now, I don't have any problems right now, but I have in the past. Uh, and I said, you know, the Lord came through for me and God healed me uh, and got, with, uh, with the doctors and the Lord. Uh, uh, I got through that and I don't have that any longer. And I, I said, do you mind if we lay hands on you and pray for you? And sure enough, she said, absolutely. So we were able to lay hands on her and pray for her. You know why? Because there was fish in the basket. There was an experience that I had years ago that I didn't like. I, it scared me to death as far as the, the in the natural sight. But, but boy, the faith in the Lord was strong. Uh, I knew, God, you're going to come through for me through this difficult time. Uh, and guess what? The Lord came through uh, because of that trial and that uncomfortable feeling uh, and that difficult time, uh, I'm able to say, you know what? There's fish in the basket. If you want to partake, uh, I've got a testimony here. I know of the goodness of the Lord. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, I've been through the trial that you're going through right now. I understand the scare and the fright uh, that you're going through, but I've got a, a mighty God. Uh, I've got a God uh, that can come through for you. Uh, I've got a God that did it for me, uh, and he can do it for you. Uh, if you just put your confidence uh, and your trust in the Lord, uh, he will do it for you. And this is what the Lord is saying. Uh, you might have a roaring lion experience on your path, uh, and it scares you, and you don't like it. Uh, I want you to say, I want you to hang on uh, and not let go of that, uh, not let all, get off the track and get scared and run the other way, uh, but say, God, you've got something through this. Uh, I'm going to have a testimony. I'm going to have a miracle that you are going to come through for, and I can tell others, uh, and I can share the honey along the way. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number 9. It says, For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. Verse 12 says, so the Lord did lead him. Goes on to say in verse 13, he made him ride on the high places of, excuse me, of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields and he, might, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock. I read this scripture and I'm thinking, what in the world does that mean? I mean, really, suck honey out of a rock. And, and so I began to analyze this in different portions of, of this scripture. And so everything that God did for them in the wilderness, uh, he had one goal in mind, uh, and that was for spiritual improvement. He was trying to build their faith. He's trying, see, that's what God's trying to do in us. He's trying to build our faith. He's trying to make you saints with great faith. He's, he doesn't want mamby, pamby, weak. You know, I live for Jesus and I show up on Sundays, but that's about the extent of my relationship with God. That's not good enough for the Lord. God wants us to be even stronger when we're at work on Monday or Tuesday. He doesn't want us just to do all this on Sunday and not do it on Monday and Wednesday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and, and all throughout the days of the week and say, this is who I am. This is the power. This is the anointing that I have in my 
life. Uh, I'm not just a Sunday Christian at best, uh, but this is who I am all the time. Uh, that when somebody needs prayer, I've got the power uh, inside of my heart to lay hands uh, upon the sick, uh, and they can recover uh, because God is in my life. God is a part of what I'm doing and who I am. And so this is the goal. This is what God is trying to do in our lives. So everything God did for his people in the wilderness, he had one goal in mind, uh, and that's for spiritual empowerment or growth uh, or endowment, if you will. And so we judge the prayers sometimes by the, by the quality of the answers, but God judges prayers uh, by the quality of the request. Uh, what are we praying for? What are we looking for in him? Uh, amen. Is it all about us, all about our families, all about our own lives, or are we really praying uh, for the blessings of the Lord to be upon His kingdom, upon His church. Uh, what, what are the quality of our prayers? That's where God judges uh, the quality of our prayers by what we are saying, uh, the words that we are speaking to Him. And in verse number 11 and 12, it describes the process uh, of being stretched for spiritual growth. The eagle stirreth her nest. The Bible says that sometimes we've got to get out of our nest. But there's lions out there, God. I don't like lions. Uh, we got to get out of our nest. Uh, we've got to get out of our comfort. But, but they roar and they're scary. Uh, people are scary. God, God's saying, get out of the nest. Uh, I want you to know the miraculous is outside of there. Uh, but they're roaring loud. They won't be roaring for long uh, if you trust in me. Uh, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, but God, it's safe here right now. Uh, I'm scared of what's out there. Uh, God is bidding somebody to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, God is is bidding your pastor uh, to get out of his comfort zone. Uh, God is trying to get me out of the comfort zone of, of doing the same thing every time we come to church uh, or every time I get up in the morning for work. Uh, we've got to shake it up a little bit. Uh, we need a mighty move of the Holy Ghost uh, in our lives uh, so God can show himself strong in our lives. we got to get out of the nest. Verse 13 says, He made him suck honey out of a rock. I'm thinking, what in the world does that mean? Spiritual wilderness survival training includes a course on sucking honey out of the rock. Rocks are hard. Rocks are not tasty. Rocks are cold. Rocks are just, they're, they, they're, they're uncomfortable. But what's good for rocks? What are rocks good for? Building a foundation. Sometimes you got to go through a, a rocky trial. Sometimes you got to go through a hard time the proper way before you can have a foundation in the Lord. And I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to hear that. If you're just you're going around the, the rocky trial and you're trying to uh, uh, skirt the issue and not, not have to go through the trial that God has sent your way and you're not going through it properly, I want you to know you will never have the foundation that God is trying to establish in your life, ever. If you're cheating the process if you will. If you're not allowing that process to take place the way God wants it to take place, you'll never build that foundation like you should. You'll never be able to suck honey out of the rock. You'll run away from the, the rock is hard. The rock is, it doesn't taste right. It, I don't like the rock experience. I don't like the discomfort of, of what I'm feeling here. It's what's making you who you can be in God. Comfort won't do it. Sitting back is not going to do it. Allowing just uh, uh, the, the very least resistance to take place in our lives uh, is not going to give us dynamic faith in Him. Amen. Is this okay to preach here at Apostolic Revival Church? If we're going to be Apostolic Revival Church and live up to our name, we better get outside of our comfort. Amen. If we're to live up to our name of being apostolic revival church and not baptize anybody or nobody gets the Holy Ghost, we're not living up to our name. Amen. We've got to be willing to say, God, I'm going to hit the pavement uh, of whatever rocky trial you want me to go through, whatever is discomforting in my life. God, uh, I'm going to handle it properly because there will be a day, church, uh, that you'll be able to do what this verse says uh, and begin to suck honey, a sweetness out of that rocky trial that you're going through. Uh, but you've got to be willing to go through the trial, amen, in order to experience the honey experience. Amen. Devil may be, may be sending some things your way. 
fact, devil, I might be seeing some hard places right now, and I might be going through a, a difficult times, but there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look back or maybe just wake up one day and say, wow, look what the Lord's done in my life. I, w- I was so concerned about the daily discomfort, God, that I, I finally just forgot about it and had trusted in you and didn't even bother with all that. Before I know it, it's gone. And I'm able to experience the honey-like experience of that trial because I didn't, I didn't run away from it. Because I faced it in faith and said, God, I want to grow. Sister Morgan, I want to grow. I want to be greater for the Lord. I, I, w- I want God to move in my life. So, so if I'm going to have that happen in my life, uh, I've got to be willing to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. And I want to tell you something right now, church. He'll never leave you. He'll never, ever forsake you. You will never be by yourself. You'll never be to the point where you're like, well, God, you know, you said in your word, and where are you? No, he's there. He's always there. Praise God. He'll turn things around. As in the wars of of armies, so it is in our spiritual conquest. Spurgeon said it like this, soldiers are made by war. You cannot train veterans or create victors except by the battles. Amen. You can't become a hero of the faith without the battle. Amen. You can't grow in your walk with God if you don't handle the battle properly. So the very lion that looked at Samson was now sweet, a sweet treat for the man of God. Amen. Samson's name, it means this. It means like the son. He was a Nazarite and judged Israel some 20 years. So God's hand was definitely upon Samson. He betrayed his Nazareth vows, and the Bible says that he went into the land of the, of the Philistines, began to flirt around with things that he knew was not right. In fact, he's probably had a, quite an experience with her, and he couldn't let go of her. He couldn't let go of that, that memory or that experience that he had with this Philistine woman. And as a result, the Bible says that he, he just got off track. And, and uh, Timna literally means to withhold, keep back, or to hinder. See, whenever you compromise and you, you look for a, a, an easier way out, or you avoid the path that God has for you, and you say, this is more, this is more pleasing, this is more comforting, this is, easier, this is an easier path to go through Timna. You're going to shortchange yourself. And there's destruction. There's going to be a lion around the corner. And, and when you look at Samson's life, yeah, I'm preaching about the blessings and the honey that he got from the carcass uh, of his trial. But you need to understand the end of his life was not a, was not a happy ending. You got to understand the, the hand of the Lord was on him. And I believe that he's in heaven right now. And God's anointing was on him at the very end. But look at what happened to him. He was destroyed at the very end. See, the problem is when you compromise, when you don't go through things the proper way, try to blame others or you try to uh, skirt the issue or whatever it might be that causes you not to deal with the roaring lion yourself, you'll miss out on the celebration at the end. That celebration at the end of Samson's life, they were celebrating. They were in, a, they were in an arena, and Samson said, lead me to the pillars. And where that celebration was going on, the enemy was just, woohoo! look at what we got. We have their champion. We have God's man down there, and they're mocking him, and they're plucking out his eyes and, and doing all these things to him. Here's Samson saying, just leave me one more time. Let the anointing of the Lord fall on me one more time. See, that's what Timnah did. He got in a relationship that wasn't right. He got in a relationship with, that was not godly. And as a result, yeah, God's hand was always on him. His mercy, let me tell you something, church, his mercy endureth forever. If you come and you ask for his mercy and his forgiveness, guess what? You got it. If you're sincere in your heart and you ask for forgiveness, there's always going to be hope for you. But let me tell you something. The path that we're on right now, it does matter the decisions that you're making here today. 
It matters everything you do in your life every day. Are there going to be mistakes? Absolutely. Uh, but there's also mindsets that I'm preaching about right now. There's mindsets that people find themselves in. Uh, this is my way of thinking. It's not a mistake, but now it's a way of thinking. Uh, it's the way that I deal with things. It's the way my, my faithfulness is according to this standard instead of that standard. My, my, my ability to have faith in God is according to the way I feel or the way I'm perceived. Uh, as long as people don't know, then everything's going to be okay. Okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay at all. I'll tell you why. Because you're violating the Word of God. You're violating the Scripture. And it doesn't matter if nobody else knows about what you're doing and what you're, how you're compromising. God knows. You're not going to have the sweetness of that relationship if you're compromising the relationship you have with God. If you're not faithfully serving Him, like Brother DeLong said, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, if you're not surrendering yourself to Him every day and dying on your cross... Climbing up on your big cross there and climbing up and, and crucifying Frank Cross in every single day. Then you're going to be led. And you will be led to the rock, but the rock will break you. Amen. The rock's not going to break. You're not going to change anything. You're not changing God's expectation of you. You're not changing the word. You're not changing the doctrine. You're not changing anything that's already been forever settled in heaven, according to the word of God. But you're going to be broken at the very end. Amen. One way or the other, you're going to break on the word of God, the rock Christ Jesus. I would rather break every day upon the word of God and say, God, I break towards you. You are truth. Uh, God, your truth and every man be a liar, but your truth. Uh, I know what you say is true. Uh, and God, according to the word of the Lord, uh, I want to make sure that I come to that rock and I break upon it, God. Uh, my will, no way. Uh, no way, Sister Skog. I don't want my will to be done, but God, I want your will to be done. Uh, and one day, whenever you keep breaking, uh, you're going to be on that rock uh, broken uh, and you're going to be able to scoop up some honey from that rock, uh, that precious rock uh, that keeps you saved and broken. Uh, that precious rock that's going to produce uh, the honey uh, and the blessings uh, and the eternal life. Uh, it's the rock that produces honey. Uh, don't resent the rock. Don't resent the trial as we stand together. Amen. 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 Don't resent the trial that you're up against right now. Don't take a shortcut Stick around for the performance of the Lord. Don't shortchange yourself. Don't be faithful and go through certain sacrifices that are comfortable and not give in to what you know you need to give in to in your life right now and today. Don't pick and choose. I'll sacrifice here and I'll, I'll look good there and I'll be perceived here and I'm going to show myself there. You know what that is? Hypocritical. It means I see the moat in your eye, but I can't even see the great big honking beam in my eye. I look good here. I'm perceived good there. But I'm not going through the trial properly. I'm not going through the situation properly. I'm not the frustration I have with other people. Not going through it right. I'm not going through it right. I'm not going through it right, Lord, and I know I'm not. Sit around and talk about problems more than I pray about problems. That's not right. I know it's not right, Lord. And I know nothing can be solved long term. And your blessings aren't upon my life long term with that kind of mindset in my life. I don't like what I'm going through. Yes, I know you don't. And I understand it. I'm completely with you there. But if you put faith and feelings and conversation and talks and opinions and all that, and we can't look to the Lord and say, God, but your truth. Yeah, this bothers me and I don't like it at all, but Lord, your truth. So my response is not going to be at a lower level. God, my response is I'm going to worship you and I'm going to cast all of my cares, God, upon you. I need honey out of this, God. One day I just need to get some honey out of this, this trial, this situation that I'm going through. Lord, I, I need sweetness in my battle. 
And God's saying, keep the faith. Keep your confidence and your trust in me. Micah chapter 7 and verse 18 says, Who is the God, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He re- retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. This is so unlike humanity, delighting in mercy. Humans develop long standing grudges. Or opinions will not forgive. Sometimes it's not even anything personal. We just don't like it. Anything personal? No, not really. I just don't like it. Nothing personal? No, nope. just don't like it. It's not Christ-like. It's not Christ-like at all. He says he delighteth. Brother Dong, he delights in showing you mercy when you are not living for him. He delighted in it. Brother Morgan, it was his delight. He He loved the experience of showing you mercy. It wasn't something he just gave away. He said, oh, cool. I don't know if he says cool, but he said... I get to, I delight in this. I get to show mercy. Samson asked a question. He said, is there anything sweeter than honey? That's what he asked the question. Samson asked the question. He said, is there anything sweeter than honey? At that point, that's the extent of his relationship with the Lord. What tasted good what was convenient. Mm. God, you came through for me again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Got a testimony. I'm borrowing his question. Is there anything sweeter than honey? Yep. You know what it is? God's presence. God's presence is sweeter than honey. You know why? Because... Power. Show greatness. He's a powerful God. Blinded eyes open. Deaf ears here uh, opened up. The dead raisin from the from dead. <laughs> wow, that's power. Uh. But you know what's sweeter than that? Oh. His presence, His peace, His love, His mercy. God, I love Your power. I love when You flex Your muscles because the world can see Your greatness. And yeah, they're probably more attracted because of Hollywood and all that's out there by Your power. But Lord, I'll tell you what's sweeter than that. It's just having a relationship with You. It's just loving you, God. That's sweeter. That's sweeter than the honey experience of your miraculous power of killing a lion. It's just knowing that you are there by my side. And God, it helps me enjoy the rock so much more when you're making me and breaking me. And it's uncomfortable, and I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, but God... That rock experience is so sweet when I know that you're right there by my side. Here's what the psalmist said, and I'm opening up the altar. If you want to pray, I sure do. He said in Psalm 119, 103, How sweet are thy words to my taste. Yea, sweeter honey to my mouth. God, your word, your word is sweeter than your performance. God, your word and who you are is greater than the gifts that are in your hands. It's sweeter than that, God. Your words are sweeter, Lord, than your performance that you give to your body and your believers.
you're facing a trial today, you can almost hear the cries of the roar of the lion. Understand that your trial, if handled with faith, can turn your trial into a sweet victory. If you can trust the Lord through your trial, if you can get through your trial right now, if you can get through your trial the right way, you'll have a testimony. Your kids will have a testimony. Your grandkids will have a testimony of the greatness of God. That you responded well. Said, God, I'm going to take the rock. I'm going to take the roaring lion. But I know one thing. What's worse than that the scare is turning away and knowing that I'm missing out on the blessings of the sweet savor of your presence in my life. Not just in this circumstance here, God, but the rest of my life, I've developed a relationship with you and I know you're by my side. Amen. Why don't you come? Jesus said it. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Jesus is by your side right now. And if you've got a desire, if you want the Lord in your life, amen, if you've got a desire for His presence more than His gifts, more than His answered prayers, but you just want to fellowship with Him right now, He's sweeter. His Word is sweeter. His Word is sweeter than His performance. His Word is sweeter than His gifts. His Word is more sweeter than power and prestige. His presence is sweeter than you feeling good. It means more. And all those things will come. All those things will come. Don't worry about it. But God, we need your presence right now. Why don't you come? Amen. Why don't we fill this altar right now and ask God to walk through the valley, to walk through the difficult time with us right now. If you see somebody up here, they need prayer. Why don't you pray for them? Could we minister right now? Let's minister praises unto the Lord. Let's minister to one another. God, I need sweet blessings in my trial.